Welcome to the Musical Communication Podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Ploger, and during these podcasts, I'm looking forward to being able to explore all aspects of what it is to be musical, whether that is how we can be more musical as musicians or how we can understand why we love music and why we think it's musical or why it isn't. So we'll be exploring everything from how to perform music, how to listen to music, as well as aspects of music perception perception and cognition. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Musical Communication Podcast. My name is Karen and I am your producer and I'm sitting here with your lovely host Marianne. Hey Karen. How's it going? It's going just wonderfully well. Yeah. So this week where the, when the episode airs will be Thanksgiving, which is crazy. Can you it believe is. 2022 is almost over? I cannot believe it. <laughs> too fast, too yeah, fast. It's madness. Um, what are your holiday plans? Well, I'm really excited uh, because Keith is, my husband is up in Michigan making his move down here uh, from our farm. He's not going to be here. So I was invited by some dear friends to go to a beautiful, beautiful town of McMinnville. So I have this great friend. Her name is Vicki Calhoun. She's my angel hanging around. My such a good friend. And uh, so Vicki uh, grew up in McMinnville. And so, of all things, are you ready for this? So I've mentioned before Sadhguru. Can you believe it? Isha, which is his main center in the United States, Sadhguru's main center, is in McMinnville. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Isn't that amazing? So anyway, I am not going to Isha, uh, although I might like to visit it. uh, But I am instead going to be going to a beautiful farm, uh, orchard and have dinner with Vicky's relative. So it's a two-hour drive, and it's up in the... Uh, so beautiful up there. It's to the southwest. Sorry, I always get my directions wrong here. Southeast and um, uh, of Nashville. Absolutely thrilled to be going there to this lovely home and, and uh, being able to share Thanksgiving with friends and, and uh, eat way too much and do all those normal, <laughs> wonderful things that we do, right? Yeah. On Thanksgiving. So I'm most grateful looking forward how about you what are you up to yeah um oh wait isn't mcminnville where that cute jewelry shop is i yes <laughs> the that jewelry is. shop the, the jewelry shop i yes. have to go visit jeremy wilson's from mcminnville yeah well that is another connection yeah. i've forgotten about yeah so i was like oh that sounds familiar okay mm-hmm. um well for mm. thanksgiving we're staying here in nashville and my my parents are actually coming from florida my sister lives here um so it'll be us and a bunch of dogs and um I'm not a domestic culinary person, so we usually <laughs> get stuff catered. Um, and I'm a huge fan of supporting local and um, a lot of you know amazing barbecues here in Nashville. So we usually have a, a southern oh, Thanksgiving. Sounds fabulous. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Eat way too much. No calories or carbs. Of on course not. Thanksgiving. So of course not. It's all good. No, no, no. There's no problem. Just throw on that whipped cream on that pumpkin pie. And <laughs> oh, just go goodness. for it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So for today's episode, I imagine, um, you know, by the time this airs that folks might be maybe traveling or commuting to their holiday um, and also uh, potentially just needing like a little escape. So today's topic um, was going to be slightly more, um, I would say like intellectual slash informative, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think would be really fun. And something that we've been talking about a lot is just the difference between your musical training and the training that exists now. Mm -hmm. And just kind of your thoughts on that. Okay. Well, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Um, I think that there are a lot of commonalities between old 
training, uh, my training that is, and the training that is current. And the commonalities are that most of it's kind of trial and error, isn't it? It's somebody puts the instrument in your hand and then they show you some basic things and then you go for it and you blow on that saxophone. It's like, not pretty. And so you figure out through trial and error how to make it better and better. And then we learn how to read notes. Usually very certain fingering patterns go with certain notes. Those things have uh, are largely unchanged. But the difference that I find uh, between the present and the past is that when I was in school, it would be normal to have singing virtually every day, five days a week, that we would be singing. And uh, little nursery rhymes or, or tunes, you know, My Country Tis of Thee or America the Beautiful or, you know, it would be normal to be learning things and from notes for that matter. So it was more common that it was part of the education of a normal person. I wish we would be able to return to that. Um, today, that's not so much the case because we end up specializing. So in, in music education, it tends to be the wealthy parent will get their kids in for music lessons. The not so wealthy people will have them in band or chorus or orchestra, and they just play in the orchestra, which makes it really hard for the wind and, uh, and uh, orchestral directors and choral directors because of the fact that their training can be vastly different in, in an ensemble, so it makes it quite challenging. Um, I do think that we are more and more oriented towards performance. That is, you have to have a product, a concert, and that this is a, a product <laughs> of our age, and that, that idea you have to deliver a product instead of, it's a process, but it also can be a product. You know, you can do both. But I think that there isn't much music education. You're not being taught about music as much as I think we were when I was a kid. So uh, I was lucky. I listened to lots of great music. My parents had great music on as well as pop music, as I mentioned, I think, in another podcast. But definitely uh, I was exposed to great music and that we listened to it as a group. I lived in the Washington, D.C. area, which might, was very definitely sort of entitled, but I later learned, moved to Owasso, Michigan, a tiny little town, farm town. And in both places, we would go to concerts together as, a, as classes, you know, when I was in elementary and middle school. So we would actually travel to Washington, D.C. to hear the National Symphony, or we would, we would travel to hear a local orchestra play in Owasso. So uh, eventually I became a violinist in one of those. So uh, it was... It was richer, I think, than today. Today, you know, we plug ourselves into our music, and again, this problem of identity, we get very identified with a certain kind of music and may not be able to experience other forms of music. Uh, so my own approach is very much different than the current approach in terms of training, because I really believe that if, if we can master the elements of music, we can build anything. So um, it's almost going back to the Greeks or probably way before that. And that is, you know, they're just these basic elements. And if you can master how these sound and if you can reproduce them, you can create your own music with them. You can read and you can write using them. You can use whatever music you want. You can do whatever music you want. And uh, so the difference, though, is that, you know, there's no getting around it. If you don't do something correctly, you're not going on. Okay, so that's one of the things that has been challenging. I think most of us um, 
today relate to the fact that you might have been an all-A student, which would have been fantastic. I cannot relate to that when I was a kid. No. Were you an all-A student? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Just, but you know how it was. You didn't do, you, you got a B minus, you got a C, whatever, on a test. You, you just went on, right? Yeah. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah. You didn't figure out why you didn't do it right or what was wrong and how you can fix it. It's just you go on to the next thing. Yeah. You're just getting by. You're just getting by. And the, the result is the little crack in the foundation is getting bigger and bigger and bigger as more and more, if you will, weight is put on it, right? So in my own training, what's very difficult, <laughs> I think initially, is, um, is I'll say basically, let's say just doing rhythmic training. Uh, first of all, I, I'll say it. <laughs> I really want to get beyond the fact that I'm having that we're having to work on these basic things. But it's a part of the reality of the day. And I want to do anything I can to help fix that. And I understand because I know what it was like to be in that position, to not have those skills. But let me be honest, it's not my favorite thing to go through a rhythmic training book and say, you know, you have to perform this musically, rhythmically, but accurately. And if there's one mistake in your recording to me or in when we're in person, I just have to say lovingly, this is what needs to be corrected. This is how you correct it. Bring, give me another a copy <laughs> or do it again. But you're going to get it right. So this comes from my work with Mademoiselle Boulanger and that, that sense of excellence. You know, you don't read something incorrectly and get away with it, hopefully. Although today, I'm afraid we do. So my whole approach is do it right the first time. And I'm here to help you do it right the first time. If you don't, no shame, no blame. But let's learn. Let's mm. figure out what it is we have to do to make it right. And so that you can do it in joy and that you're acquiring the vocabulary and you're feeling enriched and you're ready for the next thing. Okay, so that's a very different approach than let's just keep going. And this is what happens in our education is that people are, today it feels like to me here in the U.S., is you don't do well, but you continue to not do well. What magic wand is going to come and suddenly make you get it right? Yeah. I'm still stuck on the crack in the foundation. Yeah. I'd never considered it that way mm -hmm. where, you know, there's something that was missing, probably not your fault, circumstantial. And then the pressure of everything else as it gets added on is what makes it just not work. And then there comes a moment of just implosion. Absolutely. Because you can't go past that threshold of incompetence That's because right. you don't have the, the skill set. That's, That's right. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. And it's not, how does a child or somebody who is ignorant, I mean, ignorant is not something we should be ashamed of. It's just not knowing. Um how do we, how does a child or an adult know what they don't know? <laughs> that is the role of education, is to eliminate ignorance. And since ignorance is the cause of all suffering, it is said by the wisest among us, it would behoove us to remove ignorance <laughs> yeah. instead of just covering it over. And, you know, look, I mean, it's so funny in Nashville, I, I, I drive down the road and... <laughs> You know, they just knock down old houses. Now, sometimes they need to because the, when, when homes here were built, 
they were not built very carefully. There was, were not zoning restrictions. And the result was that there are a lot of infrastructure problems, but some of those homes are really beautiful and they've got a lot of virtue, but they do have flaws in the foundations. So can we shore those up? And I will just tell you right now, yes, you can. And, but our tendency in the modern age is just knock it down and start over again with something else. And usually not nearly as good. The materials are not nearly as good. So same thing in music, you know, we can fix the problem. There are 12 pitches, 11 dichords, every rhythm can be counted in twos and threes. So mm -hmm. <laughs> um, ultimately we can fix the problems, but we can't just cover them up and think they're gonna go away. So that's what big difference for me is no, we're gonna get this right. Another big difference is that there's information and that information is information that you need to know. So um, this idea of knowing that how many of you folks knew that there are perfect fifths in the diatonic scale, the white notes on the piano, just the white notes, above F, above C, above G, above D, A, and E, but not one above B. So if you know that, you're not gonna flip out when you hear that tritone, that, that diminished fifth technically, from the B up to the F. You're gonna understand it. If you knew that, for example, there are minor thirds above the notes D, A, E, and B, then you're not gonna be surprised by that when you encounter them because your brilliant mind that already kind of intuitively knows that isn't going to conflict, as we talked about in our last podcast, with the sensation that it has, with the knowing that it has at a deeper level, with the memory it has at some unconscious level. Mm -hmm. So we have to catch up our conscious mind to our what I call metaconsciousness to that ability to know without knowing. We have to have that information. If you don't, if you're really intelligent, I have a feeling that's just a lot of what you encountered is your brain's constantly looking back like, what? What? I don't get that. Why does that minor six from E up to C sound so major? Why do I call it a major six? And instead what you feel is guilt or shame or something's wrong with you instead of, you know what? E up to C <laughs> sounds bright and intense. Play E flat up to C and you'll hear, that sounds dull and open and beautiful too, but it's, but it's not what you, it does not sound happy. The major sixth does not sound happy. The minor sixth sounds happy. But if we don't have that information, it, it creates terrible cracks, mostly in our self-confidence. Yes, absolutely. So that, that's why we can't allow that. We need to be providing information. So I'm, I'm a stickler for that. People have to be able to do those, if you will, multiplication tables, that, you know, all of those basic things we learned in mathematics that you just don't want to be going seven times seven. No, wait a minute. Seven plus seven is 14 plus seven, you know, seven times seven is 49. So, you know, <laughs> that we just know what those, a first inversion major triad has a minor sixth above the base and a minor third above the base. <laughs> so you don't want to be, and by the way, we call that an eight and a three in, the, in this you know, modern language of dichords. So ultimately, that's information that anyone can learn, but you're not born knowing it. Yeah. So you have to build those neurons, like you have to build muscles. Mm. And if you, I just know that if you don't do it right, you're going to be doing it again later harder. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so yeah. uh, do it right the first time, you know, and that's that needs to be the role of it. And I think people get more and more confident because that's the thing. You feel confident when you can perform something correctly. When I can read that paragraph in that script as an actress, I can absolutely be confident. I don't have to go back to grammar school. Right. And I'm going to be able to act it much better than if I don't know half of the words. Yes, 100%. I also appreciate the degree of curiosity that comes with lovingly learning something Mm -hmm. and and having back to what we've talked about with like devotion and excellence of just taking the time and having the humility to do it right the first time. Right. And then not just want to rush past it Mm -hmm. because I feel like we're, I'll speak for myself, like holding myself back from actually enjoying what I get to do by not understanding it. That's right. That's right. And, but I do think it takes a lot of care from the teacher to say no, but lovingly sort of not no. It's just very good. You've got all of this right. You know, you've got all but this one little place absolutely right. <clears throat> it can be even more this or even more that. And let's, in this one place, one, what cause of error was that? So it's, it's learning how to build the tools for solving problems instead of covering them over. Mm. And again, the more conscious you are, like you are, <laughs> and so many of uh, folks out there, you can't fool yourself. Right. So, 12 pitches, 11 backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it's how to play with those things, how to get those elements so that they feel like you understand them and you, how they build things and how you develop more and more confidence and fluency and that you just can't wait to get to the next exercise so you can learn more and and go on more yeah. so it's you know it's a it's a, a contrast to the motivation external motivation of grades yeah absolutely you know i've got to get a good grade well is it yeah but did you learn anything how do you feel mm. Good got you learned a lot and you got a good grade. Good for you. You got a good grade, but you know that there are these huge holes in there. Um, then you this is where you have to take a deep breath and lovingly figure out, you know, how how to shore up those things. And I, you know, really, it's important for me to say, um, when I was with Mademoiselle Boulanger, my last meeting with her, she basically said there would be no one else who could teach me. She said she would, again, she would be dead. And there would be no one after I went back to the United States. And uh, she said, you're just going to have to figure it out yourself. Now, folks, you don't have to go back to in- <laughs> discovering it for yourself. You do not need to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> we, yeah. we can take it forward. That's what education should be, is making it so that the next generation can take that and run with it further in the right direction. Yeah. Bring us to a higher level of culture, not in a more glorious time, not a more fractious, frustrated um, time. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a big, a significant challenge to teachers, and I know there are so many of you out there who are wonderful teachers, and uh, working in that direction. So. Uh, I believe we do need to change music education to make sure, and every other kind of education, to make sure that people are truly learning and that our language is being 
enhanced rather than degraded. Yeah. Our vocabulary is increasing. Our ability to spell well is increasing. Our handwriting <laughs> is improving. <laughs> our artistic abilities, our sense yeah. of proportion, all of these things are things that I believe music can teach and will teach, but we must uh, humbly seek to alleviate ignorance. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> alleviate ignorance. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you, Marianne, for sharing all of this. I feel like this is so amazing and, and so helpful. And, and I really appreciate the directness, but in such a loving and caring way, because yeah. it's so easy to go into like a shame shit spiral in these conversations <laughs> where it's like, oh, what yes. is happening? To yeah. quote Brene Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No. So I, I no. appreciate the way you say all of this. Yeah. No, I think I have to work very hard to avoid the negativity in music. I think Brene Brown, you know, is less true mm. uh, in her world. Uh, but <laughs> definitely uh, we need to be learning in a, uh, in a state, in my opinion, that is more like a child. Yeah. You know? And you don't do that by scolding and mm. punishing. Yeah. Unless absolutely necessary. But, you know, it isn't, if you're clever, you don't have to do that too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Marianne, for, for sharing all of this. And thank you all for listening. If you have questions or thoughts, feel free to always reach out. And if you think of it, please go to Apple Music and give us a review. It is um, one of the only ways where people can find the podcast. So thanks again. And thanks for your support. Thanks, everyone.